Hello. There he is, my two o'clock. How are you? Good. How are you? Good, good. Are we on? No, we're not on yet. Oh, no, we're on. We're live, pal. <laughs> okay, just making sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, let me get the elephant out of the room here. Uh, because you oh, brought oh, oh Anthony oh Anthony is there <laughs> exactly oh. <laughs> yeah no because you uh when we were confirming this you asked about him and I'm like oh no he uh he uh, lost his smile so that's we've we've rebranded this podcast it's no longer the furlough files it's uh it's a spite cast I'm doing it just to spite him because um you know it's uh, well how did he lose his how did he lose his smile did he not get extra cheese on his Meatball sub, you need to lose weight. No, you know what? I, I can't talk bad about him. I, I said I wasn't gonna. You can't. People, ask me, all the, you people ask me all the time about him. Like, do you really hate him? Like, let me tell you the truth, Ben. Um, the guy actually, you know, people like, if he, if he's, if he's so bad in the ring, why did you book him? I mean, he had a five star <laughs> match once, actually. Listen, no, this is true. He actually had a five star match once. I was watching it um, the other day. It was a six man tag. It was him, the other two Vandals against Billy Fives, Jeff Roth, and Anthony Michaels, and it was a five star match. It truly was because the other five guys were stars and he was not. Ah, uh, I was gonna, I was gonna just assume he never got tagged in. <laughs> yeah, no. I actually asked him uh, yesterday if he could have. Yeah, I was just curious, you know, because the kind of person he is. I asked him the the, the uh, common pop culture question: if you could have dinner with anyone famous, dead or alive, you know. Uh, he picked. Uh, he said he would pick someone dead because they wouldn't eat a lot. It would right. leave more for him. <laughs> I mean, that's you know, that's that's the logic checks. I mean, you know, listen, don't get me started with logic with him. The guy, <laughs> you know, there was a thing. There was a thing that uh, it said like one in four, one in four Americans, only one in four Americans knew. I think I told you this uh, knew the branches of government. So I asked him one time to see. I asked three people up to, when I got to him, and all three knew three branches of government so prove that theory wrong that that was one in four new because actually three out of four new i asked him and he said i don't know uh tree branch i'm like yeah, no <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah so so he i i i don't know he got burned out or whatever and he claims uh he will return one day but uh yeah. oh i've oh uh, yeah okay <laughs> I, you know i've i've you know how he is with uh, long-term commitments and uh see i see i heard a different story through the you know we have some of the same friends and contacts i heard a different story why he wasn't there anymore uh-huh. i heard that you that you required all co-hosts to be vaccinated and since he wasn't vaccinated oh yeah well ever <laughs> ever since that uh uh drew barrymore incident it's been a uh, it's been a real touchy subject around these around <laughs> these parts you know yes i do yeah so i think listen it's it's not like we can't start any, every podcast till the end of time bashing him. I mean, it's I it, that's that's open territory for me. I'm okay with it. But uh, no, oh, well, and, that, and it's most of it's true. So right, you know, I listen, and I, I I expected with you that we would we have to always uh, we always have to get that out of the way because it's it's obligatory. I think. Yes, know? of course. Right. So, so I, I I we were talking a little bit before. I guess. Uh, what we were going to talk about today. And, uh, I think, uh, I think, uh, it would be bad if we did not bring up Howard Brody. Uh, yes. Um, let me say, first of all, um, I think there are a lot more, there are many more people more qualified to speak on Howard than me. They were closer, but with Mm -hmm. Howard, but, um, I, I first worked with Howard and met Howard when I was 16 years old, uh, more than 30 years ago in 1990. Um, and I worked with him in the UWF, but I worked for Howard on some of his shows. Um, 
as a as a light heavyweight. <laughs> I was a light, uh, as a kid, and Howard was always absolutely professional to me. And one of the greatest lessons I learned in re- in pro wrestling that actually translates over to any any anywhere in life actually comes from Howard and Luna Vachon. Um, because this was a, this was a time when when um I worked I was working shows in Miami for Ram Man and everyone down there was great Ram Man Prime Time Saltman Alex G Doctor Red Roberts they all were absolutely professional and they treated me you know I was 16 years old they treated me like I was I was one of them um, but not everyone in the business treated me that way at the time guys like um, Bruno Sassi and stuff they did not want to be on shows that I was on because I was 16 years old and they would threaten to pull out of shows if I was booked or involved. Um, not not Rusty because Rusty was always great as well, but those were some of Rusty's guys, right. you know, um, that had that problem. And um, what Howard told me later in life was like when I mentioned him, listen, you guys were always like super professional to me. And he said, you know, and he said, yeah, well, everyone said like, you know, you were just a kid, and, and why have you on there, and and you know, just just to run you out of the business, and you're a kid, blah blah blah. And Howard said, yeah, he he's a kid working shows now, but you know, in the future he could be our boss running shows. Right. And that was like a kind of like a don't burn bridges because you never know who, you know, who, who they'll be tomorrow. Kind of lesson I learned from Howard. Howard was a good guy. We spoke on the phone often. Um, that's, that's good. It's, it's a variant of like the don't don't mistreat people on the way up because they'll right. You'll run across them on the way back down again. Right. You know? And um, and Howard and I spoke often on the phone. We spoke on on very strange topics, um, like a lot of mostly pop culture stuff, not not a lot of wrestling stuff, very rarely wrestling related we spoke about like a uh, um a lot of a lot of binge watching tv shows he'd recommend tv shows to me that he thought i might like and i'm like yeah this is like eight seasons with like 200 episodes have you seen it he's no i thought you might like it though i'm like you haven't even seen it i don't have time to watch this stuff but stuff like that um we talked about sci- science fiction like time travel and and uh we talked a lot about death as did, uh it was, did he he used to write for like uh or work on like some sci-fi magazine didn't he like way back i do then? not like, I don't know. Like he may have star, done it when I was younger. Starlog or something, maybe something like that. Maybe he did. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't even know that he worked for w, WWF magazine until writing, reading his bio a few years ago. But we just talked about you know stuff like that, um, science fiction, like the new show. He was excited about Quantum Leap being rebooted, and we were talking about how how it's, that'll be a good show and and stuff like that. Um, and he would always call me when I would call someone out on the on their bullshit online. He'd be like, "Oh my god, that was great! You called you called this guy out." <laughs> he. Uh, he, we had a joke because uh, in our group with Blake and uh, and Anthony, he uh, Howard loved to call them, and you had to like be cognizant of what you were posting online, or uh, if you would comment on one of his posts or whatever, you could almost like then pull your sleeve up and look at the wa- at, at your watch and count down from, <laughs> from five, expecting the phone call from him. Yes. Yeah. I know. When I, on April Fool's Day, I changed my profile picture to Howard's old picture from like 30 years ago where he looked like Outback Jack. I don't know if it was the <laughs> Halloween costume. My phone rang within like two minutes, like, take my picture down. I was like, Howard, it's April Fool's Day. It's temporary for an hour. He said, okay, fine. You can leave it. <laughs> he was he was always a good good sport uh, yes. with ribs. Not necessarily as they happen not necessarily like him right away not necessarily the right. day after or the week after maybe the year or, after or an hour later yeah. like yeah <laughs> yeah that's true i did i i saw someone i forget who it was uh reposted a story that he told on here uh a few months ago I, we may have like his last 
interview when he did the podcast like two and a half months ago. Uh, it, strange, it probably was. Strangely yeah. enough, but uh, uh, he the story where they made the uh, the the business cards. Uh, oh yes, I heard that. I did that one you know which uh the business cards that were all like all over uh, what was it like a, a, a like a cauliflower yes yeah a get together or, or something like that and they were just distributed everywhere and uh and he, he again i think the story goes that he was like supremely supremely upset and yes, then he was and then eventually came around to admitting it was but i think that i think he i think on our podcast he said that 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 ribbon and he he really appreciated it. and and he came around like a good a good year plus later on <laughs> when I sent him a picture of my balls with Jackie's camp uh, <laughs> phone. I mean that he he, he it was fantastic because he was so riled up. I I, I I know I spoke about that. He was he was upset about it, and then and then he was like really hot. And I said, well, I could send you a picture of Anthony's if you want to see those. And he said, no, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing was he he kept them. For some reason, he saved the picture on his phone for a while and was like, like, I think he if if people engaged him in the story enough, he would offer to send them oh, the picture. That's funny. That's and I'm hilarious. like, I'm like, I'm like somewhere you're you're appreciating these enough to keep them <laughs> and and uh, reference them and view them, uh, you know. Yeah, he, he did love he did love a good joke. Um, it's it's really sad that. um. It's really sad that we lost him. I, I was sudden. I didn't know he was had health issues like that. Um, I had spoke to him probably a day or two before when all of a sudden he stopped posting, like in the first week of August, first week of August. Yeah. And um, yeah, that was it. Was just a. It was really sad. You know, we we used to joke, you know, um, not about the people that we lost, like we lost Rusty and Cliff and Dave Johnson and all these people in a row and Ram Man and you know and then uh, recently uh, Death Row uh, Wendell Wendell Death Row and um. We used to joke around and say like, uh, "Oh, you know, eventually one of us we're gonna be on the list, and we're gonna go. Who's gonna go first? And and I'd tell him, and I'd say, "Well, if I go first, I'm coming back to haunt you." Um, you know, he says, "No, don't 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 you want to haunt Janetti? <laughs> Why me? Because <laughs> so. you're because you're haunting Janetti in life." I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. Say it again. <laughs> you're haunting Anthony in life. Yes, you're not. This is true. This is true. Yeah, <laughs> you're getting it all out of the way now. So you know, this is true. Plus, you're gonna. You have the note in your pocket, the suicide note. So, you know, <laughs> this is true. That that'll that'll go into that. So yeah. Now the truth is, I never I never even had such a note. I just tell him that, and he gets scared over it. Like he doesn't want nothing to happen to me. I well, never don't. I never bother. Well, don't. I know. Don't give up the fucking gag now. Yeah. Oh, he he's never gonna know. Like I, I he thinks I have two notes. I have one that that says like it's a joke note that says that if I should die in a car accident or something or whatever, the note on me says that I actually took my own life mm-hmm. and that I was upset that him and I were in a, a love affair and and he left me, which of course is not true. Right. Um, he didn't leave me. We're still in a love affair. <laughs> and so uh, so if I if I should die suddenly, they're gonna think that I killed myself. And then I told him the second note is when I'm mad at him, I carried around saying that he murdered me because I left him. Right. <laughs> and that's the truth. I left him. Right. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, everyone leaves him eventually. <laughs> <laughs> if you've ever been in a relationship with Anthony, someone's leaving someone eventually. This is true. This is true. So, yeah, what was the? Uh, are you? I think you told. I don't know if you told. I, I don't think I read it online. I think you told us in our group chat. Uh, the the weird time travel thing that 
that Howard Howard told you about. Listen, it sounds like a it sounds like a screenplay. Like I I don't know if he was telling me the truth about it or if he was just like test marketing a screenplay on me. But it was like um he was a a, a kid in the streets in New York playing kickball with his friends, and then he noticed a man out of the corner of his eyes in a in a building up 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 in the up a like a high, a high rise building like a, maybe like third or fourth floor just watching them play and he looked at the man and the man waved at him and smiled and and he waved at him and it, it felt like it was someone he was related to but it wasn't because none of his relatives were in that building or in town and he just looked like he knew the man and and then and he went about playing and then he told me like years later reverse the roles he was in a building in new york looking down the street watching himself playing kickball and waved to himself and then and then he woke up so like he doesn't know if it was a dream, if he was in a parallel universe or on a different plane or whatever. But it was a really good story. <laughs> and it sounds like he's telling me, don't, you know, don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone. They're not going to understand. I'm like, mm, sounds like, you, like you're copywriting this as a, as a theme yeah. for, a, that's, for a book. That's, it, was a good, that's a, it was definitely a, a poor good, compelling story. Poor man's NDA right there. So it's definitely a good story, though. But yeah. Yeah. That, the the quantum leap thing you guys uh, you mentioned i i just finally saw a, a ad for that the other day I, i'm not sure about this new one but uh but i love the, I know old, the first i love the old yeah thing. i know i know the difference is the first one takes place in modern times as opposed to the 50s and 60s and 70s like i know the first episode he goes back i think it's into desert storm but i saw a commercial the other day where he, i could have sworn he jumps into the body of of uh brett michaels from poison in 1986 it did it did well yeah he had like the bandana bandana and the uh yeah it did look right. like it did look like uh brett michaels. right that's what i thought it was like it was like an episode from poison so i mean that looks good i mean i'm well, gonna watch it of course so. well isn't isn't the theme of it that that he was leaping at least for the most part in the original show uh it was contained within like the, his lifetime the, yeah the breadth of his lifetime so right yeah so i guess that would and make then, sense and there were episodes there were episodes when he leaped out of his lifetime because like uh it was his grandfather he leaped into and they had the same shared the same dna or something like that but yeah right. that's what it is it's, it can only be in the time frame where he was alive that he could he could travel through i did like when they they started to do like a uh like a like an a, like an additional like over you know a, like a not episode to episode story like but like a overarching storyline with like with like right. another, another character that was leaping around, I think it was. A, I think it was a yeah a woman. Yeah, um, Aaliyah, the evil leaper. Yeah, I actually, leaper. actually, I actually have every episode of Quantum Leap on VHS tape. Really? From, from in, in order in sequential did, order. Yeah. But do you own a VCR? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't have a VCR anymore. But I still have the right. tapes. <laughs> yeah, that's. Oh yeah, I have. I have like bins and bins full of uh, VHS tapes. Probably a thousand VHS tapes. That's old it. wrestling shows. All that. I have like. Uh, matches with me and Marty, me and Marty Gennetti on there, and stuff that I can never, never pull up. I have to get a VCR or something. You need to like get that stuff transferred because those, uh, those tapes. Well, the I, I think the quality eventually deteriorates. Um, yeah, I mean they're stored in a in a facility where they're actually like not going to be damaged, but and they're stored in in a way where they're okay. But but you're right. I, I need to transfer them over to digital or 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 something else. There's a lot of stuff on there that I can. Like match it, my first match from 1990. Upload, you know, before upload yeah, to a hard drive or a cloud or something. However, yeah, I have, I have matches with Marty. I have several matches with Marty Janetti on there. My matches with uh, Terry Funk, some stuff on there that I can. That's on VHS. Was, was this was this a show where Marty Janetti actually got his paycheck? Um. Well. Well. Yeah. Not the one Lou Specter stole. <laughs> Did we ever tell that story? 
I don't know, but I'll tell you that story. So we were, did we did a show in, in uh, Davey Rody Arena, and the main event was um, Billy Fives defending the FW title against Marty Jannetty. That guy, Billy. Hey. And um, and uh, the only ones in the building were me and uh, were Marco and Mike Blake, who were setting up the ring, and the Davey Arena. You know, set, you set the ring. You're like that was Mike Blake's ring, right? Um, well, we bought the ring, and, and oh, Mike okay, Blake okay. maintained it. Yeah. So um, Mike Blake and Marco were setting up the ring, and um, and the ring, the ring in the DV arena is like I don't know, three hundred feet from the locker room. Me and Jody were in the locker room area, and we were unloading her car, and um, I had all the pay envelopes and stuff. So I pulled all the pay envelopes out, and um, Lou Spector was coming in the back at the time. He just showed up. So we, we're the only ones in the building. Are us five? One of the one Mike. of the rare promoters that actually had the pay envelopes made ahead of time. Oh, I, I would do them days in advance. Right. Um, yeah, so well, yeah, I'm, um, I'm joking. Most guys are waiting for tickets to be sold yeah, no. at the front until they. I knew we stuffed we, we the envelopes had, we, at nine thirty at night. Yeah, know. but we didn't sell advance. We never sold advance tickets. Really, there was we there was no social media, and there was um, never really a market for advance tickets. Like on the big show, the April thirteenth show, we sold you know thirty one hundred tickets, and we all had like uh, ninety advance sales. I mean, it was like ridiculous amount the amount of advance sales we would have for shows. Right. So everything was walk up, but I knew we would draw, you know, based on the feedback and stuff. Yeah, and but really it's, pushed it and stuff. it's always smart to at least if you're going to run a show, be able to look, have the money. The, if you can't, right. You can't pay the guys, you yeah. should be running the show. Right. right. You can't exactly. run, you can't run it on the hope that you're going to make the money. So right. anyway, as we were unloading Jody's car, I, I, my, my, my briefcase was open or, or it was like a little, like a duffel bag, um, like a handbag, like a duff, like a handheld briefcase thing, leather. Um, and satchel? I pulled it out upside down. Yeah. Like a satchel. <laughs> And I pulled it out upside down, and all, all the pay envelopes fell on the ground. So we started picking them all up, you know, one by one, and, and, and Lou was there, and Lou helped us too. There were some that went under her car and stuff, and, and I just put them all back in the satchel, and I looked around. There were there were none there, so I got them all. So it came home to Perry one that night, and I had no pay envelope for Janetti. So I was like, okay, this sucks. So um, I had enough cash on me, and I had enough money in the box office to pay him which I went and got and made a new envelope for Janetti out of that and paid him. Um, and Janetti was getting, uh, his pay was 300 bucks for the night. So um, I went and got 300 bucks. Uh, I had it on me and I had like 200 bucks on me and I went and got the rest from the box office and uh, I paid him. And then I saw Lou and, and Lou looked suspicious. Like, you know, something that fucker was there when I dropped these envelopes and I know I had Janetti's envelope. No, so I know I no made, poker I know face. I, huh? I know I made everyone's envelopes. So I said to Lou, I said, uh, Oh man, I, this sucks. I, I, I don't have money for Janetti. I, I can't afford to pay him. I, had the envelope done, but I, I lost it. I must have, when we dropped them, I don't know. I must have missed it. I don't know. I made it. And he's like, well, I could loan you the money if you want. And I was like, listen, at this time, Lou didn't have ever had $10 on him. So right. I said, yeah. I said, do that. Can you loan me the money so I could pay Janetti? I wanted to see what he would do. He said, yeah, I got to run to the ATM across the street and get the money. He ran across the street to this little convenience store to get the money. And keep in mind, this is like in like 1998, 1999, something like that. And he comes back with $300. $200, $200 bills that he got out of the ATM, which, as you know, mm. ATMs at convenience stores don't give $100 bills. No. The only place – at the time, you at couldn't even get $100 bills from casinos. Not. At the time, you couldn't even get $100 bills from a casino ATM. You can now from casino ATMs, but you can't get $100 bill ATMs from a regular bank ATM or, or a convenience store. And then on top of that, the, ATM, the, uh, the bills were folded in half and then folded again, which is – I had these little envelopes. They're like little uh, – the key envelopes that hotels use to put like, the room key in like the, yeah, 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 yeah. I know exactly. So, so the money to be folded and folded again and put in there. So 
the, the envelopes are small enough that I could put them all in my pocket and walk around with them at the show, you know? So, uh, that's why they were that, that size. So, um, the, the money, he, the $200 bills he gave me, I had put $200 bills in Genetti's, Genetti's envelope, Marty Genetti, not Anthony Genetti, right. that guy who made $200 his whole life from wrestling. So they were folded, folded over again. And one was marked, uh, cause I guess it was signed by a manager at, a, at the store or whatever. So that was the same marking. So I knew they were my, they were my, uh, money that Lou took the envelope. So it was obvious. There was no question. There was no doubt about it. And to this day, Lou still denies it and says he didn't do it. And, you know, whatever. But <laughs> that's that. <laughs> so do you, when you quote borrowed it, I guess you never paid him back. Uh, oh, of course not. No, yeah. he showed up to he showed up to my house. To, he showed up to my house to get it. I said, "Yeah, I, I don't have it. I'll have it later." I, said, I never had it back, and he just let it go. Yeah, I think it was the maybe kind of an un trying to be an unspoken like. Uh, yeah. All right, you got I got yep. you, and then you got me, and let's call it. Yeah. Let's all call it a day. Call it even. Yep. Yep. So, and then, uh, and then years later, oh no, that wasn't him. Never mind. I was just, I thought it was him posting online that he just, he needed car insurance or he needed a, a bed for, no, that was somebody else. Never mind. <laughs> I know who you're talking about. <laughs> you don't have to slither yeah. around the issue. I know exactly. <laughs> who you're talking about. Yeah. That's, that's another, that's another story. And I, and I, it's sad that I actually blocked him after no, I've known him since I was 11 years old. You know, uh, the the person we're talking around here, uh, I, I, I just noticed one day I wasn't seeing his posts anymore, and uh, apparently I got I got blocked, uh, and I don't know if it was when I don't know if it was when he was running his account or uh, someone else had a hold of his uh, account, but uh, I I suspect maybe we we uh, we poked too hard at him on a podcast or something. And, uh, well, I, oh, he listens to your podcast. So I don't. Be happy when he I don't know that he, he does, or maybe someone's a rat. You know what I mean, or something. But I don't care. Anything I say on here, I'm not. I would say, to yeah. his, I would say to his face. So you know. Yeah. Well, even if he, if he hears this, and and he'll still post about me. How how dare I? And I'm a traitor. And you think you know somebody? I wasn't a real. I wasn't a real friend. And he did so much for me. And he's done so much for everyone his whole life. And that's all he's ever done. Is he's he's woe is me. He's so nice. Blah blah blah. Yeah. You know. So, and I don't, I don't believe this is entirely him because this is not how it used to be. I think that there's someone there controlling the strings and, and pushing him to be this way because it's beneficial financially. Um, there's that, but there's also I think I think his situation has changed, which may have changed him. Over the, yeah, over I the years. I do know he had a lot of memorabilia that he should have sold, and then it actually was ruined in the flood. I heard he lost all of that in the flood, mm. and I told him he should have sold it. He could have easily got a quarter of a million dollars for that memorabilia he had from his father's career. Um, but whatever it is, what it is this? Um, I got tired of this shit every every week. Oh, we need prayers. We need a new bed to move in. It's the only thing holding us up from moving in. I don't understand how you need how a new bed is preventing you from moving into a house. It's like, well, here you pay the rent, you can move in. However, you don't have a bed, so you can't move in yet. Right. You have to have a bed. Right. It's not like you, you know? don't have a couch. Or I know twenty dollar yeah, twenty dollar air dictate. mattress, or even they don't a, dictate what you have to have. You know, even a pool float. You know, right? For, you don't you don't you don't get Spectrum cable, and they say sorry, you have a sixty inch TV, you have to have a seventy two inch TV. You can't have cable. It's the only thing preventing you from getting cable. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So a little ridiculous, but it you know I've I've always you know we're, I, I feel weird because we're like talking around this person and so 99% of the people I'm, now that 1% knows exactly who we're talking about and they're getting a kick out of it but uh, 
I would say that they I, ever since I've known him and his circle, his little circle, which has kind of changed a little over the last few years. Uh, yeah. But, but uh, I, they, he always kind of I always lumped him into the the, the slip and fall crowd of like, you know, like, <laughs> like always looking for a payday or a free meal. Right. That's fine. Like you eat you eat. <laughs> You eat seven eighths of a meal and then complain about it, trying to get it for free, you know, or right. or always looking for the angles somewhere, you know, trying, you know, like, oh, this floor looks wet. Let me let me let me sweep my girlfriend's leg. Listen, and, we uh, were in a we were in a car accident one time. It was nothing. It was like he had to stop short, um, and then someone behind him hit him hit him in the in the in the rear end in the in the bumper, and it was like a light tap, and he actually gigged himself with his keys. To make it look like he got color by hitting the steering wheel, and they were like, uh, "Yeah, no." <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. That's that's yeah. in, that's incredible. So that, but that's I wouldn't I wouldn't say that it it, it fits with the wrestling world, but it, it, in the strange way. But but man, I I just yeah, it it's rough. That's why, like socially, I kind of like you know yeah. when we would go I, out I, as I, groups I finally, and I stuff. It's... I finally blocked him because, and and I know your situation with him, where he was, he made racial racist comments. He did that with me around around certain situations, where he yeah. would he would make racial comments about about people, um, because he was angry at them. Yeah, I drew the and, line uh, at that. I there's a you know there's always an excuse. You know you know I'm stressed. Right. I'm this, but but like but I, other people when they're stressed don't you know like. That's not a cause of racism, you know, stress right. or like depression or whatever. That's either in you or it isn't, you know. So that right. that was always like and the I, line and, with and me. And I'm not, like, and I'm yeah. not sure, and I'm not sure that he actually truly is a racist. I think he's just a whining little bitch that tries to get what he wants and therefore goes to the obvious route of, you know, you know what, you're black, so I make a black comment. You're Spanish, make a Spanish comment, or you're fat, make a fat comment, whatever. You know, he doesn't. I don't think he has. He, it's the lowest, he doesn't, lowest hanging fruit when you're reaching for right. something to throw. He, does, at he doesn't have that thought process. I, I think to even he's not that sophisticated in thought. Right. Yeah, it's very short term. Very short term thought. He always gets mad at someone for nothing for something stupid, and then moves on to the next person. He was mad at Vinny Scarpa or mad at Chuck or mad at this person. He focuses anger and rage on one person. Uh, he was mad at Dave Johnson for a while, and then of course, as you know, he had he great friends people. When they die, they were a great friend. Oh, Dave Johnson was a great friend. He punched you in the face and knocked you out and gave you brain damage, according to your claims. Oh. You know, and when Howard when Howard passed away, he did the same thing. He said he was a great friend. Howard had him blocked on Facebook. He did. That's that, I know. This is true. So yeah. I know because he he, he he wants to make it about him, about him. Uh, you know, oh, I'm so sorry for your loss. Right. Oh, what can we do for you? Oh, I need sushi. Yeah, I. I when I when I made that was the thing when I made the post after Howard passed away, I you know I wasn't like a close friend with him. We were like kind of like, you know, friends of friends, and something. And I think our friendship more came from the times when we were kind of like rivals. You know, when when like the year I ribbed him, and then he was extremely mad at me. I think that down the road built a friendship, but uh. So I was like, I don't want to make a sappy post because I think it would come off, you know, as not genuine. So I I posted that story with the balls and whatever. Right. And so this is a long route to get to this one thing was that I think one friend of mine, the the one whose balls I actually sent, ironically, <laughs> uh, he saw the post. And so he's he was like, I'm really sorry for your loss. And I felt uncomfortable with that. 
you know, because it's like, and that's why I posted my post. Don't you know? It's my not last about line, me, you know. Don't don't say you're sorry for my loss. It's not about me. Remember, yeah. you know, remember Howard. Yeah, right. That's why right. I do that. Yeah, well, I do that with everybody. Similar, similar thought pattern there. So yeah, I do that with everybody. If that you know, if I if I comment about someone passing away, I, I'll say that. Don't don't say you're sorry. That, that aggravates me. People say I'm sorry for your loss. It's it's not you know. You're sorry for their family. You know, it doesn't. It really doesn't do anything, especially on right. social media. I know, I know people just it. say it. I know people just say it to try and be sympathetic and show right. they understand. They understand, you know. And it's a it ni- it's a nice sentiment, I guess. It yeah. it is the thought that counts, and and I guess in this day and age, even minimal effort is still uh, right. A bit, you know, you know, it it it's like pulling teeth for some people to do anything that involves right. like, you know pulling their head out of their own ass so that's I, true i mean I, that's true i'd rather have them say that on social media than the things other things they say like bitching about that bitching about taxes and stuff about student loans shit that drives me crazy so yeah yeah but uh so. but i mean but i mean a call it's always what social media i think has done and and these little things like when you see a notorious thoughts of prayer person that just posts that to everyone that's have, ever having an issue about anything is that it? Those things actually make a personal phone call or reach right. out of any kind, like a direct message or something, so, means so much more than it than it would have right. people than it would have right. ten years ago. <laughs> right when they're posting things like, "Oh, I'm sending you, I'm sending thoughts and prayers and good vibes." It's like it's, they're not doing that for real for you. They're doing it to say, "Look at me, I'm a good person." Yeah, but I, you know, a little bit. I mean, I I, I think some it comes. The problem is. If when you, when yeah. someone sends the same thing every single time to every single person, right. every single thing, even if they're genuinely like sad to hear of your situation or they are thinking about you because right. it's now basically the one cookie cutter response they use for everything. It's it, like a very cold. It's like, it's like the, it's like the nice version of being future endeavored. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, there's something even, even though the, th- again, there's a thought and intent behind it that you can't gauge because it's always like the exact same thing, you right. know, the, you know, it's almost like the auto, you know, predict thing on your phone now, uh, yeah. that it, 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 it's a weird and people can interpret that very weirdly. Uh, yes, and, and, and I think I have, and I think when I referenced it, you chuckled and knew exactly who I was talking about, uh, yeah. in our, in our little groups of people. Yes. Yeah. So, so I, I am doing, I'm doing this new thing, by the way, I start pronouncing words differently okay. it's really fun it's really fun like um because it, it, it aggravates the shit out of people like i, I told um i talked to my friend today and he says uh what are you watching i hear that in the background i said oh i'm watching the the iron the uh iron man he said iron man what is that i said the the, the iron man <laughs> you know the the marvel movie they started it more all uh, with, with uh iron man well that that could be that would be aggravating to me like i, I really annoy and they're like no it's iron man <laughs> I, I said, oh. I've done that where I've heard it, where I've heard someone else mispronounce a word and I'll go, that's fun. I'll, like uh, I saw a British group that played the Pompano Amphitheater and they co- they, they called it Pompano. And ever since then, <laughs> I have re- Pompano. <laughs> I have referred to it as Pompano. Like, that's funny. We're, we're talking like 20 years now. Uh, people, yeah. people look at me funny, but uh, I'll adopt a word or two like that every now and then. When I when I'm like, oh, that's clever. I like that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So. But I'm not yeah, going out. True. I'm not going out of my way to 
uh, stick bamboo under people's fingernails like you're doing with Iron Man. Yeah, there. <laughs> yeah, I do that though. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you got yeah. Obviously, you you you've picked you know the people and you pick the right. Uh, you're like, oh, this will piss this person off. You know, yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm I'm watching uh, uh I'm watching uh, Nickelodeon. <laughs> Nickelodeon. What is that? Nickelodeon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm gonna watch a classic later, Cleopatra. <laughs> Oh, Actually, they, they do that shit. I get I got it from the game shows. They do that shit on the game shows. They I I really think they like can't pronounce the the words, and uh, they go on these game shows. And I don't know why they go on these game shows because they don't know what the hell they're talking about. You mean contestants? Yeah, the contestants on the game show, not the, not the host. Like like these, these people are the stupidest people in the world. Well, I'm watching prices. I'm watching prices of the right of the day. And you have to guess the the multiply price of this item times uh, zero uh, times ten. Right. Like, uh, so like the price of this, whatever it is, this, this, uh, hair dryer times 10, is it $77? Is it $99? Or is it $140? It's $140 because anything times 10 ends in zero. Wow. See, look at that. You see? Uh, so yeah. these people and no one, and they always get it wrong. That's funny. Yeah. So it's kind of aggravating or uh, the worst is, uh, if you were watch um, chain reaction, you know that show we got to connect. I don't even know what chain reaction is. There's a chain of words on top of each other, and you have to connect the words below the next one. Like the first word could be rock locker, and the next word uh, starts with an R. So you get the word locker, and the next word it starts with an R. Okay. And you have to guess locker what. So how does the next word connect with locker? Room. So like, right. So the guy's like, uh, rabbit. Ah, oh, Jesus. And the host goes, and the host starts laughing. They have to cut away from the host. He's like. Is it locker or rabbit? <laughs> and then it's like, uh, no. So the next team goes, okay, your second letter is O. So you have locker R O. What do you think it is? Uh, rhombus? No. It's not locker rhombus. So it goes back to the first team. You have locker R O O. What do you think it is? Is it locker rooftop? Like, how, what the fuck is locker rooftop? You know, I. I know some of those shows, they just pull people off the street. You know, you just line up. That, that is that is true because we were in Los and, Angeles. Right. Like when you guys did that. No, and, no. And, even before that. And then when they, but I'm saying like, you know, even then, then they, then they select from that group. And they're, I think they're, they're looking for some, a lot of times what's well, going to make, we had tickets. what's going well, to make good TV, you know? Yeah. Well, we had tickets to go there. Right. So, um, but, but, but as free, you're going in, which they, means like. Right, you know, but as you're going in, they like interview you. have to take in, a quiz to qualify, you know? Right, but as you're going in the studio, they interview you. They want to know who you are, what you do for a living, you know, and as we're going in, oh, we're professional wrestlers. And, yeah. Right, and you're well-spoken, and, and, you know, Marco was easy on the eyes at the time. He's hideous now, but back then he was easy on the eyes. So, you know, they picked him. As a pre those pregnancies will do that to you. <laughs> Wait, he was – he never mind. He wasn't pregnant, was he? So, I mean, um, listen, you know. <laughs> so yeah, so but we, me and Jody were out there in the '90s, and we got picked. I don't know if I told you this. Did I tell you my Steven Spielberg story on on here or not? No. We got picked to um, go to a game show. We we're going to watch. I kind of ruined the punchline now, but that's fine. We uh, we got picked to go see this new new show being filmed called "Wait Till You Have Kids," and it was a uh, you had three newlywed couples on there that do not have children or are expecting children, and you have a game show host who asks them a question, and then you have the expert judge who is a child psychologist. So one of the questions was, and this, this show had a very famous 
producer that was paying for the show, which of course you know who it is now because I said it. So um, as the, one of the questions was, uh, you come home and find your, your kid looking at an adult magazine. Do you A, take the magazine away and act like nothing happened, B, punish the kid, or C, explain the birds and the bees to them? And they lock in their answer and the child psychologist tells them what the right answer is. So between, they were taping two episodes. Between episodes, I go to the bathroom and uh, as I'm walking into the bathroom, this guy stops me and puts his hand on my shoulder. And I'm like, okay. And I took his hand off my shoulder. I said, hey. He goes, hey, how are you? Uh, do you like the show? I'm like, oh yeah, it's wonderful. He goes, no, can you be honest with me? I don't get that a lot. Um, what do you what do you like about it? I said, well, I like that it'll be over soon and I can go home. Um, <laughs> he's like, no, I mean, tell me. what do you? I said, well, I said, for real, I said, I understand the concept, but it's it's just it's just bad. Who are you to tell me how to raise my kids? There's a lot of other variables in that question. For example, how old is the kid? Is the kid a boy or a girl? Was it a Playboy magazine or was it a hardcore sex magazine? Um, where did he get the magazine from? Was it from his friends? Did, did an adult, another adult give it to him? Was it my magazine? You know, there's other factors. Is the kid a boy or girl? It's just how old. Just you know, you can't tell me what's right or wrong. It's just he goes, oh yeah, you know, we never thought of that. He says, well, what do you? What kind of advice do you have? I said, I say just cancel the show now to save a lot of money on a show that's going to fail. And I said, but let's go to the bathroom now so you have fun. So I go to the bathroom. I go back. I sit down next to Jody, and she's like flipping out. I'm like, listen, I think this guy tried to pick me up in the bathroom, some old guy. <laughs> you know, I don't know if he wanted to beat me or what. And Jody's doing the – she has her hand up, and she's pointing you know, to her hand. I'm like, what What are you doing? You got an itch on your hand? She's like, no, look next to me. Look next to me. I look right next to her is sitting Kate Capshaw. And next to her is Kate Capshaw's husband, Steven Spielberg, right. who is the producer of the show. And I'm like, so I look at him, and he, he says, hey, how are you? And I, I'm like, oh, my God, it's the guy from the bathroom. <laughs> and I didn't even realize it was Spielberg. Was he, was I he wearing a ball cap back then, too? He actually had on, like, a Raiders of the Lost Ark hat, an yeah. E.T. jacket, and a, all like all, all his he movies. He had all of like, his fucking... <laughs> like a Jaws, a Jaws necktie and a snow. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, ugh, I didn't realize it. That's funny. Yep, I didn't realize it. Yeah, there's been a lot of uh, this. That was one of my. Uh, I feel like a show, like, a show like that. Also, I feel like, like, it that in example you gave that one question. Yeah. It's like, right. it's like obviously, even if that's not what you would do, you know what the right answer is. You know, it's like, it was like, you know. You know, teach them about the birds and the bees. To, you know, I, right. I think that's what a psych, uh, you know, a, a a trained professional would say is the the, the answer. Yes, so exactly. it's it's it feels very heavy handed, anyways, in terms of uh, right, right. But but there are a lot of variables in there. How I mean, if the kid's you know three years old and doesn't know they're looking at, then you know, obviously, you probably wouldn't. You, that wouldn't be the correct answer. You would ignore it and address it at a later time. You right. know, it's a there's a lot of variables there. You know. And, and there's a lot, lot of other factors that create other situations. Like, where do they get the magazine from? Did, did an adult give us them? Are they trying to groom my kid? You know? Yeah, it's. It, I mean, that's. It's true. I mean. It, yeah, the show never aired. I never saw the show aired. It could be ten different conversations depending on right on all of this. Right. Right. There, there be other things you want to know. Yeah, the show never aired, and the host didn't say it was. The host was Mark Lawrence, the guy who used to host Double Dare on, on Nickelodeon. I'm sorry, on Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon. Yeah, Nikhil Odon. Yeah, so he didn't fit in with it. Maybe it wasn't him. Maybe it was Ray Combe. I don't know who it was. It was one, it was it was an old host. I think it was Mark Lorenz though. I, I never saw it air though. 
So I probably I've never cost a lot of, of people. It, so yeah, yeah, I, pro- I probably cost a lot of people their jobs that day. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's that's true. But the uh, you know those those uh, those game shows, you get a real a real good cross section of what's out there in this country. That's for sure. Yeah, it's another thing Howard and I used to talk about. We should tr- we should always talk about ideas for shows and stuff. And I had an idea for a game show. I don't know what you would call it, like Street Smart or something like that, where you you take uh, people in in professions like doctors or paralegals or whatever and you just boom put them on the street for 30 days and they have no cell phone and they have to survive and you have a camera crew following around in like uh in like uh kind of like a mel brooks movie that's life was it but like but like in a like but still in like an american city yeah of course it'd have to have to be a city like yeah and they're not you're not gonna put them like i mean it would be more interesting to to take them to like mexico city and they don't speak spanish yeah and so, oh, yeah, then, you know, yeah, that kind of that, stuff. Yeah, then, yeah. I'm not saying drop. I'm not saying drop him in the desert without a canteen or oh, anything we, like that. Oh, but. hey, we could do that. We could, actually, can we convince Janetti that that uh, it's a new show and he's been cast in it? And we just fucking send him to like Mexico or something. <laughs> or no, we can get him to go if we tell him he's going to London. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I feel like he goes to Mexico. He he probably get thrown in jail for clogging toilets first and foremost. <laughs> we could send we could send him to uh, to England. I th- he would he drive there. Of course, they love him there. I mean, he's, he's like he's. I I feel like he's at a point now where he, he might not get through the airport without getting recognized. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's like it's so. I especially since it's like he's got a pretty big following, and most of it's from England, and we forget yeah. they're a much smaller country. Right. So that number is is way more impressive from a smaller country than like from, you know, like 315 million people in America, you know. So he he he's like the like how Jerry Lewis was in in France, he's like that in England, I, think I guess. He's getting there. He's Well, I mean, he's definitely appreciated for being a retard like Jerry Lewis was in France. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I, I I think I think we're on to something there. But I, I Honestly, I think he, yeah, he would thrive. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. And I, we're talking like on every level. He'd be neck deep in, in chubby, gr- <laughs> naked chubby girls, and uh, <laughs> that's his favorite. That's his specialty. Listen, he he always he's I forget who gave him the advice, but he's like it, something about well, if they love you, love them back, you know. So I think that's that, that sounds like Dave Johnson would have said. I it. I feel like it might be, except that I don't know that Dave Johnson is the kind of guy he would have like taken words of wisdom to heart. You know, he would have back then when he was like eighteen years old, nineteen years old. He would have. You mean? I mean, you mean, you mean after the year of him, you know, punishing him, you know, with yeah. kicks to the head and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, he probably would have. All right. Well, maybe it was him. I I would ask him, but you know, he, I, who cares? He doesn't remember. I'm sure. Anyway, we don't. He might, but like, like. I'm not big on fact checking here. Like, I just throw shit out there, and if it's true, it's yeah. true. If it's not, it's not. Listen, he doesn't listen. I don't know, need he, to cite I, my sources and have like. Here's here's why I could say he doesn't. Here's why I say he might not remember. He when I used to post shit like a real conversation with him just now about how he said he needed new ties for work, and I said go to Thailand, and he said, "Oh, is that a real <laughs> store? Do they have a website?" That never happened. That conversation. Right. Okay, I made it up. I make up ninety nine percent of the conversations with him. I make up. And one time he called me and said, hey, did I really say that? I'm like, no, I made it up. He goes, oh, it sounds like I was saying it's funny. 
I'm like, okay. <laughs> he really thought we had a conversation. He really, he, 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 really he, he really thought he, he really thought he was a moron. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you do enough moron shit, you start to believe stories you don't even remember. But, uh, but, uh, you know, maybe, maybe you know, there's some proof, truth to the CTE shit, you know. <laughs> So, yep. Yeah. I want to, well, uh, I'm, I'm sure there definitely is. Right. <laughs> I, I take, I, I take thousand milligrams of Kepra a day. Really? <clears throat> for seizure. Yeah. I take, I take double the dosage of someone with someone with epilepsy takes wow. for, for dizziness and seizures. Yeah. I've, uh, I've taken a, a lot of bumps to the head, not wrestling wise, but like I used to work, uh, well, construction is one story, but I used to work in the, in the home theater installation business I would, okay. you know, I worked for a store that sold the stuff and I would go out and install it and whatever. I can't yeah. tell you how many, how many times back in the day, you know, you would hang those really heavy plasmas on the wall and yeah, then you'd be, <laughs> you'd be underneath it, uh, like wiring everything in the cabinet. And then you would forget you're under a plasma TV <laughs> and you would like stand up really <laughs> quickly and I would crack my head on those. <laughs> and then I would also, in, when we would be wiring you know, throughout the house, uh, I'd be crawling through all those attics. I can't tell you how many times I c- would crush my head on a beam. Wait, you were crawling through attics or attics? Uh, uh, attics. Oh, okay, uh, I think I think you're like a crawling through a like a sea of meth users. I had I had hit my head so many times that for a while there there was this <laughs> weird like divot on the top of my head, and uh, <laughs> eventually I it like it rounded back out. But I know, I know, I had concussed myself several times just doing <laughs> stupid shit at work, you know. Yes, I, I mean I've had multiple concussions, and and um, before I was on the medication, I used to have episodes where I would get dizzy, or I black out, or I would stare at myself in the mirror for like two hours and and not know where the time went. Yeah. And um, I I was trying to have doctors look at it for years. I'm like, listen, I know something's wrong in my head, and they're like, oh, you're fine, you're fine. I'm like, just do the damn scans on my head, and then they found like two dozen, or more than two dozen. I think they found twenty six little little bruises across the side in front of my brain. And so they, they put me on the Keppra and now it's perfect. I mean, I used to, when I wasn't, wasn't on the, I've been on the medication for like three or four years now, but before I was on it, I used to have like, I used to hear my own voice in my own head telling me things crazy shit. I mean, and, and like, uh, just the thoughts I would have like, be like, just ridiculous. Yeah. Well, that, that explain that, you know, I think more people need to get their head scanned, especially in collision uh, yeah. Related, you know, employment. Yeah. Yeah. So I have had many concussions uh, with many matches from Billy Fives. <laughs> well, that's no, that wasn't that was that wasn't the worst. But the first one, the worst one was when I was nineteen. I was I fell off a balcony and the security guard tried to catch me and I fell back and hit my head. I was out cold for like fourteen minutes. Do you remember yeah. the match? Yes, I remember the match, and um, and I remember I remember everything about it. Um, I was working Blair Rogers, and then uh in the ambulance afterwards, the ambulance that came to get me actually got a, got a parking ticket. Uh, and they wanted me to pay the parking ticket. I'm like, you people are crazy. But so they were asking me all, they were asking me all these questions in the car, in the ambulance. I mean, and like, I knew the answer to everything that I shouldn't have known. Like, yeah, I knew my name, my date of birth, social security number and all that stuff. But then I even knew my insurance policy number, my, their phone number. I knew everything stuff that I should not know, <laughs> you know, that I was able to recall instantly. And, um, but they said what happened and I, and I didn't, I didn't know what happened though. I don't know how I got there. Right. You don't remember. I think that's a lot of knockouts. People don't remember the actual like time right, right. around it. Uh, well, you see that in a, you see that like in a boxing and an MMA when people get knocked out, when they come to their, 
they're always like, what happened? What happened? What happened? Yeah. Right. Um, but you, you've always, you always had a good memory. Well, uh, I've, I didn't know you before or, I was 19, but <laughs> or, well, no, but I mean, or, or, uh, or that helped, like, I think <laughs> so you, have, you don't have like a photographic memory, but something kind of like it or. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You, oh, for long term, for long term. Yes. When you, when you see it. Yeah. Long term shit. Yes. Not short term. Like, you know, I, that happens to me all the time. Like I'm, I was watching Rocky two the other day and I was like at a, a point I haven't seen in years. It got to a point where, um, you know, it was a good scene coming up and it was on regular TV. So I, there's a commercial. I got to use the bathroom and I came back and I'm like, what, what am I watching? Ah, yeah. And I, I couldn't remember what I, was, what I was watching. I had to wait for it to come back on. So short term, uh, is bad. But long term, yeah, like now, nah, like today, I remember it was Rocky Two that I was watching. You know, this happened a month or two ago. But like short term, yeah, no, I'd walk upstairs to get something in the kitchen and forget why I was there. Yeah, I, I do that too. Yeah, yeah. So, the, but uh, but speaking of of people that have head injuries, uh, I I definitely want you to tell the story, uh, the one uh, because it uh, I saw you post it and it sounds uh, it sounded pretty funny. It was the uh, the when you were promoting a match with Dolphins players on the radio? Oh yeah, there was. Uh, it wasn't my show. It was actually me and Mike, me and Mike Larry's show. I was 16 years old, 17 years old, and it was uh, part of the Wing Ding, which was Y100's big bash at Hollywood Young Circle. Was that footy? And um, yeah, it was. It was his event, and um, it was done for uh, to raise charity, to raise money for a drug rehab center remember called Fears Help. Remember those? Uh, all those radios personalities were actually like really big deals yes <laughs> they meant something yeah <clears throat> so the show was um the, the 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 dolphins had worked before like mike had worked with kimbo camper before so this particular thing was going to be a six-man match it was going to be um me mike was injured he had something he had a surgery on his knee so he was on crutches so they got me to take mike's spot so it was me me uh mr new york gil canatella and jr james mm-hmm. managed by mike on crutches who was going to work against um, former Miami Dolphins, Kim Camper, Jim Jensen, and Jim Kick. And uh, Kick and Jensen, I guess, were from the 72, maybe Bo Camper too, I don't know, from 1972 no, perfect season. I think season. Kim Bo Camper was later. Yeah, was, possibly. He was I, part I know, of the, I know uh, Kick was. the Killer Bees defense, which I think was after. Okay, I know Kick was on that team. So so we did a yeah, big Kick promo, was... and we did a big promo on the air, and um, us against football players, and uh, they said, Listen, go out there and say, you know, before I got in the air, Footy said, listen, go out there and be, you know, like he thought I was 16 years old. So he thought I was a kid and I wasn't going to be able to really push the envelope. So he said, just be really, be really nasty, cut into them, you know, really sell this. Like, you know, like you don't care. You don't care who they are. You know, it doesn't mean nothing to you. So said, okay. So Footy's interview me. He says, so you're going to work these uh, Miami Dolphins. It has to be, must be a really big thrill for you to be in the ring of these football players larger than life. I'm like, no, I don't even know who they are. He's like, what? You don't know who they are? I'm like, yeah. I mean, first of all, I mean, what is this? We're wrestling Kim Bo Camper, Jim Jensen, and Jim Kick. I go, I go, Kim Bo Camper. I go, why is there a woman in the match? I didn't even know you could have women on football teams. <laughs> He's like, no, Kim Bo Camper is a man. I go, what? A man with the name Kim? He must be Japanese. <laughs> and and he's like he's like so he's like he's like no no no. And Kim Bo Camper's like sinking in his chair. I'm like watching them. And then uh, he says, and uh, and I go, well, uh, he goes, Jim Kick is a legend. The man was on the 1972 perfect season. What do you say about that? I said, oh, they never lost a game at all. And and, and when was this? It was 1972. He goes, didn't you see that that, that tremendous season? I said, no, I, I couldn't watch it. I was it was two years before I was born. <laughs> and so and 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 I go, and who's the other guy? You're Jim? 16, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, so I was yeah I was born in seventy four. So then the next guy is um I go and Jim Jensen. I go I go why do they have the guy who created the Muppets wrestling? He goes no that's Jim Henson. <laughs> I go oh I do like that show. I mean that's funny with Miss Piggy and stuff. It's in Kermit. He goes no that's Jim that's Jim Henson. So we did the match, and Dan Marino was their manager. He was actually active. He was actually active at the time as a quarterback. He managed them. Yeah, maybe Bo Camper was actually playing at that time then. I don't think he was playing. I think he just retired recently. Okay. And he got the gig on, on the news as the as the sports guy you or know, something. You know, he's still on yeah. the news. He's still the sports guy on the news. Is he? Yeah. Yeah, I actually I actually had met Dan Marino. Before. Dan Marino wasn't there to do the promo. He was there at the day of the match, but I actually met him about a month before the match and didn't even know it. We were at Don Carter's bowling alley in um, Weston. Right. And... Um, or Sawgrass Mills, and I was playing Twilight Zone pinball, um, and I was really good at it. I would constantly get free games, and I was playing and playing and playing all day long. And this guy's in the in the, in the arcade running around. His kid's running around screaming, and he's chasing the kid, and I'm thinking, this guy can't control his kid. You know, and and um, and so the guy comes over with his kid and says, hey, my, my kid really loves this game. You're really good. Do you mind if he watches you? And I said, look, I have like five free games in there. I got to go. Just take the games and play. You know, you can have with the kid. He goes. He goes. Well, would you mind want you want to play a game with him? And 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 uh, he really loves the way you play, and he calms him down. I said, why don't all three of us play? I have a lot of games. He's like, oh, that would be awesome. Thank you so much. So I'm playing this pinball game uh, with me and this guy and this kid, and then my friend is uh, there with us. He walks up behind me and he's standing there, like looking at me, looking at the guy, looking at me, looking at the guy, looking at me, I'm like, I'm like, what are you doing? He's like drooling. He's like drooling. I'm like, get out of here. You're creeping the kid out. And, and more importantly, you're creeping me out. Go away. So he walks away. A few games over, he stands there. He's staring at us like with his jaw open. And I'm like, I'm like, this guy's fucking flipping out. My, my friend's like, lost his mind. So we finish the game. And the guy's like, thank you so much, blah, blah, blah. He goes about his business. And then my friend comes over and says, like, oh, you were just playing pinball with one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, that was Dan Marino. I didn't even know it, um, that it was Marino, kind of like the Spielberg thing. I, yeah. I don't pay attention to these people. I don't know who they are, you know. And his kid is autistic, so I guess I didn't know that at the time. Yeah, so I was, was, was going to bring that up. That, that's... that's why he was having problems with his kid. I didn't know that. And then yeah. as we leave, as we leave, he's being bombarded at the at the cashier's counter, surrounded by people asking for autographs and stuff. And then I saw him a month later at, at the wing ding, and, and, um, and he remembered the situation. And he said, yeah, thanks. You were like, re- you were like a real person. You were like genuine. You treated us like, you know, like real people. I still didn't know who you were. <laughs> Not that it would have mattered anyway. No, that helps. That goes a long way, though. That, that definitely helps. Not that it would, would have mattered anyway. I wasn't a football. I wasn't. I didn't watch football. Right. Yeah. So. So how? Well, I got a question. When you when you guys do a match where there are no actual workers on the other side, it's all football players. How how does yeah. that? How do you uh? How do you make that we, thing work out? We had worked out with Bo Camper because he came down. And he kind of showed the other guys. We trained with him ahead of time, and then he, I guess, showed oh, so, the other guys. So Bo Camper knew like the basics. Yeah, but it didn't matter because they were stiff as hell in there. I mean, like uh, we did a spot where yeah, well, they get paid to hit for real, so yeah, yeah, they, we, they did a spot and they knew and they knew it was a work. They knew it wasn't real, but still, they they couldn't. They had a hard time holding their punches, you know, yeah. so to speak. They weren't throwing punches there. They were throwing a lot of football tackles. So, um, you know, and I, I'm, again, I'm 16 years old, so I'm small, <clears throat> I'm young, I'm fragile <laughs> and, uh, and, and I get hit with a shoulder tackle from Bo Camper and then, and then we do a spot where and these are like, Bo Camper, these are like men, you know, like, yeah, these are like, like Bo Camper's more than two times my size easily, right. easily more than two times yeah. my size. I was like, on, I was like 165 pounds. And they're like, they're, and so, they're like Bo Camper's huge. He's like a tall, yeah. tall. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's, he's like, he's yeah. like probably a foot and a half to two feet taller than me and. 
150 pounds, 200 pounds, heavier than me. Mm -hmm. He hits me to shoulder tackle and he kills me. He drills me, almost knocking me out of the ring. And the next spot was for me to get hit by two of them with a tackle, like Bo Camper and Kick hit me. And I take the tackle from them. And then I started to get up and take a third one from all three of them. And I didn't, I didn't feed to the third one. I said, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> I just took a powder out of the ring. I didn't, didn't feed him for the third tackle. That's funny. That, yeah. I mean, that, that's a, even at that time, that was probably a big draw though. Have those. Guys. I mean, they, they had at, at the wingding, they drew on a, on a Saturday. Now this was all day. Oh event. yeah. It was the wingding. So it was probably a big yeah. deal anyways. Yeah. Yeah, so they, it was an all-day event. So they they had they had like a hundred thousand people come through Young Circle throughout the day. So any given time, there was like twenty twenty thousand people there in the park. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was huge. Yeah, they had Vanilla Ice play the concert that night, and Julio Iglesias and and uh, Vanilla Ice came into our locker room because I guess they put him in a locker room by himself, and he had no air conditioning in there. And so he came in to share um, a locker room with us, and and Rusty was there, and he's like a. He's like, hey, can you know, can I share your locker room with Rusty? Yeah, sure, no problem. And then he sat down and he went to get something, and Rusty goes, "Who the hell is that?" <laughs> kind of like me with the <laughs> right, right. I definitely <laughs> could see Rusty having no fucking clue who the is. Yeah, or he didn't. Or he may have known. Didn't like who the fuck is? He didn't care. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, the the so. I I don't know. I I'm not sure Rusty was that in touch with pop culture. Uh, yeah, no, and I, I, I mean, I've met some celebrities along the time that I that I have known. Like me and Blair were at um, a Denny's one night, and um, they used to put us in the back room when we go there. We knew them, and um, uh, Weird Al Yankovic was playing Sunrise Musical Theater that night, and he came there to the Denny's, I guess, to eat afterwards. And they put him in the back near where we were, away from everybody. And uh, he was like, "Hey guys, how you doing?" Of course, I knew who he was. And he's like, "I'm L." He goes, "What do you recommend here?" I said, "It's it's Denny's, L. I mean, nothing's good." <laughs> He goes, but what's 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 the best? I said, uh, the parsley is so fresh tonight. That crazy. <laughs> so he ordered he ordered whatever he ate. I think he ordered pancakes and he ordered a bowl of parsley, Jesus. which he put which he put syrup on and ate the entire bowl of parsley with syrup on it. Just always always performing, huh? Yeah. So he was weird, and uh, I think we also met Jackie Mason was there at that same Denny's a different time, and he was they put him in the back too. I think he was playing Sunrise Musical Theater as well, and um. He said something like, "Do you mind? If, do you mind if I sit back here with you guys?" And I'm like, "No, Mr. Mason." And, and he's like, "You know who I am?" I said, "I said." And again, I was like seven years old. He goes, "He goes, yeah." I, I, I said, "I know. Yeah, I know who you are." He goes, "I'm surprised. Most most people your age wouldn't know who I am." And he was fine. He, I think he bought our dinner that night. I discovered him after he was in Caddyshack too. I think he yeah, had a, I, he got a bump, you know, from being in a high profile uh, movie yeah. like that. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember how I knew him. I still knew him. Yeah. 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 The, uh, yeah. that's, that's, uh, I forgot. Oh, the, oh, right. The wingding, you know, that wingding was such a big thing for, well, I don't, I don't know how many years, but I just remember that footy was like the first guy I knew that had like his own hot sauce and you could yeah. buy it like on the sh shelves of Publix. And yeah, it was that, like those... the first of those, it was like the first of those types of things. Like I'd never seen an individual have like, he was a, like a I don't, food I don't product like still. that, you know? I don't think he's alive anymore still, but he was a weird guy. He he got drunk there at the wingding. And I don't remember this, but Frank said that I said in a promo one time when footy footy said, um, that I, I treated the dolphins inappropriately last year or something. And I better be on my best behavior this year. 
and I said, well, you were you were drunk last year on stage for a for a charity event for substance abuse, so that was inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. But I'm, I was. I'm sure he would have. He appreciated that. He didn't, but I was told to to, to go over to put to, to be, be heel, like yeah, a, yeah, yeah, to be to be like a, a to be worse than a heel, to be like a, a disrespectful little punk. Because right. I was a I was I was a kid, you know, and I look like a kid, so I was supposed to be a disrespectful punk. Like I I did that in my first show in Miami that I worked for Ram. That was Ram's idea. He said he said you know be a disrespectful punk, you know be a disrespectful kid that has no respect. So I said okay, and so when when I went out there, um, I went out there as a heel. And I said with Frank, with I was Frank my manager. I said, or I said, stand up and and pay respect to me and and give me the applause I deserve. And the crowd actually stood up and applauded for me. And um and I forget what I had to do to turn them around or something. And um oh yeah, so they booed my opponent. And I said um and I said something like uh I said, see you people are stupid. You're famous for condemning innocent men. Look what you did to William Lozano. That was the the guy in the, in back then who I think the cop who shot the guy on the bike. Um, the biker and killed him. That's and real, so, like top. That's really topical. I don't even remember yeah, so, that. Yeah, so it, it was it happened in Miami. Yeah. So it got um. Yeah, so it got a lot of heat, and they were throwing bottles at us and trying to kill me. That's where I got the whole idea for the Generation that's, X gimmick, which was stolen from me by Jim Cornette. Well, that's the that's the you know that's the thing where they're like, everyone's like, do this thing, and you're like, are you yeah, sure? Are you sure? And they're like, yeah, yeah, you can't go too far. Yeah. And then you do what? it, and then they're looking at you like you got lobsters crawling out of your head, and you're like, you asked for it, you know? I'm like, I always said, what's, what can I say? And Oh, nothing's off the limits. Like, Ron Nimi did it to me. We went and worked in Tampa, and Ron's like, uh, yeah, we have uh, we, we allow curse words. Say whatever you want. I said, I said, oh, say, what words are off limits? What can I say? He said, nothing. I said, so I'm sure you have to have words that are restricted. He said, no, no. Say whatever you want. So when I went out, I said, I said, oh, you know, Tampa's a great town as we drove through here. We saw the potential this town could be a, uh, if you planted a few trees and picked up some trash and painted a few buildings, this town could be a real shithole. Mm-hmm. And they started going crazy in Christmas. So I started calling people cunts and twats and, and, and all kinds of stuff. And, and then when I came back, he's like, uh, oh, and I cut a promo on Shannon Rose and, and about having sex with his wife. When I came back, they, they put a restriction on the next show that certain words <laughs> were off limits. You created the list. Well, yeah, my whole, my whole thing was like, um, you know, when that, that gimmick is what, the generation X gimmick was supposed to be was a disrespectful generation or, you know, for, for everyone that comes before them and after them, because when I died there at purple and I had the Jersey with the big X on it and the word generation above it, I was generation X, the X had a Superman symbol. I had a tattoo on my leg. And when I saw Jim Cornette at cauliflower alley in New Jersey, he was like, Jesus Christ, Bobby Rogers, what the hell are you doing? You got purple hair. You look like born of the dinosaur. What's the gimmick? I love it. Oh my God. Tell me more. Tell me more. I said, well, I'm, I'm just generation X. He says, Generation X, what is that? I said, well, I'm a product of my generation. I have no respect for authority, no respect for those who came before me and paved the way, no respect for the next generation. I'm just a total degenerate. Oh, my God, degenerate generation. I love it. I love it. I love it. That was a Saturday, a cauliflower alley in Newark, New Jersey. And on Monday, Generation X debuted, mm-hmm. and he worked for WWF. It's when he worked for WWF at the time. There you have it. Yeah, so then I had to stop using the gimmick and change the jersey and stuff because everywhere I went, people say you're not Shawn Michaels, right? And and because you know nobody's aware yeah. of the, how timelines really happened, everyone now accusing right. you of stealing their idea, right? So I didn't trademark or nothing, so yeah, I didn't have a trademark. They did. Yeah. Well, I mean, you had yeah, you, you had the tattoo. Yeah. So that was that. <laughs> 
Like I, I think I told you before, that wasn't the only time they that I they got ideas for me. I had dinner with um JJ Dillon and a few other guys, Pat Patterson, I think, because uh, Bill Apter was there and Buddy Rogers was there. Uh, I was there with Buddy, of course, and Bill. I was hooking up Buddy and Bill as a reunion, and they were both in town. We were all there, and Dwayne Long was there, I think. And then JJ Dillon and Pat Patterson, they were in, uh, and Bill was like putting, Bill Apert putting me over, like, oh, this kid's going to be, is going to make it someday in wrestling. He's got a great mind for the business. He's got great ideas for angles. And then Dylan and Patterson were like, asked me for ideas that I had on angles. And um, I was like, well, this type, this uh, tugboat guy, he, no one likes him. This is like another, this is like the second coming of Hillbilly Jim. The fans don't like him. You should turn him heel and change his name to like uh, Tidal Wave and team him with Earthquake. It's a natural disasters. Yeah. Which they did as Typhoon. <laughs> They just tweaked the name and made it one name, you know, which is better. Typhoon was better than Tidal Wave, and they teamed them. And I said, uh, and also, you guys, you guys should bring Slaughter back. Get, get a hold of Sergeant Slaughter, pay him what he needs to jump to jump ship from GI Joe, and bring him back as an Iraqi sympathizer with a, a Gulf War going on, and pro Saddam Hussein, put him as a heel, have him work Kogan at WrestleMania for the title, which they did. <laughs> uh, that was a big fucking. That was a big moment. Yeah. yeah. So I, I mean, I'm convinced they stole these ideas from me. I mean, you know, it, whether they did or they didn't, you know, it's, yeah. you know, you, you know, you, you know, you know, you had the idea before it happened and you spoke to, right. you spoke to the right people for it to have been a stall. Yeah. Listen, I, I wouldn't put it past anyone in the wrestling business to, to steal anything true. they could, you know, especially the higher up the food chain you are in, in the wrestling world. Cause you're, you've, you've always got to come up with the next thing or you're not going to be there anymore. So. Yep, this is true. Yeah, I was convinced they were going to take my that one angle I did on the FW show where I did a ladder match for the tag titles, and um, we had the tag titles above the ring at the I think it was Davy Rody Arena, and then the one member of each team started climbing the ladder at the same time, and they both got a belt back. So we made a ruling that they were the new tag team champions. So we split the teams up, so one member of each team were the champions. They had now to face the other team, which was their partners. Right. So I was convinced that they 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 should have did that with Edge and Christian and um, Hardys. That would have been an awesome angle for them. I mean, that's a clever that's a that is a clever idea that I don't think I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, anyone else do? Yeah, that was that was mine. We did. I think it was Roth and Roth and Michaels and Albino and Chris Charger. So it's like Michaels and Charger, uh, uh, Albino and Roth. They were they were the skinny guys. They climbed and got the um, belts. So Albino and Roth were the champions, and Charger and Michaels were the champions. So they had to do the match, and then they did the match where it was like Michaels and, and Charger versus Albino and Roth. And um, it was weird because, like, you know, Roth, they would do this. They would The match was Roth and Albino versus Michaels and Charger, but they would work it. And I was, it was, it was the opposite. Like, it was Michaels and Roth. They, like, you know, they wouldn't hit each other, and they'd do the do do and then bump the other team, and, like, the other partners get mail, like, hey, I'm your partner, you know. Right. It was, it was great. Yeah, it was great stuff. Yeah, that's a that, – I mean, for a short-term uh, story, that's a good idea. Yeah, I was going to suggest it, but I was going to suggest it in the Broder stuff, but for some reason I never never got very far there. I know Lou was shit, but shit can me to them. Yeah, well, nobody lasted very long there. Yeah, I know. I can't believe they have that guy book. I had such ideas to, to book. Like, I wanted, to, I so wanted to book Jordan Rayner as non-Angel Rose with the black hair at the time as Ursa and probably Flex Magnum as Zod, as the three villains, the Superman villains. And then have them feud with some of the Three Stooges, <laughs> Mo, Larry, and Curly, because it would have been hilarious. Be- I mean, that that's a different kind of show. You know, the, the Comic Con shows are different. Yeah, where 
you don't have it's not you're not trying to sell a serious show you want to have comic relief and that would have been great matches the superman villains versus the three stooges the comedy spots alone would have been the best on the show the uh uh those shows uh it you didn't it was more important that they just played the characters than actually actually did any actual wrestling. Right, and and that that and the the possibilities and that kind of match with the three Stooges in there against the Superman villains powers would have been would have been endless. I know I told you this. I don't know if I told you this on your show how I got paid about how I made a thousand dollars off Broder to harass him and then stop. Did I tell you that on the show or not? Uh, yeah. Uh, who was it, Paul? Yeah, it was it, it was a true story because I guess. Uh, and I asked, I told Howard about it later on because Howard asked me about it. And um, I guess Broder was supposed to come in with them on the on the bombshells wrestling and, and invest money or something or or do something, be a partner. And then he backed out at the last minute and screwed them out of out of the deal or something. I never even and heard so, about that. Yeah, so that's that's why I never knew why Paul was pissed at Broder. That's why Paul was pissed at him. Um, so and then Broder started the Ronin shit or something. Something happened that that Broder left. Um, because those around Broder, like Lou and them, would shit can everybody else. Oh, he's no good. He's no good. He's no good. You know, and, and scumbag people. So, um, so then Paul paid me five hundred dollars to relentlessly harass Broder online on social media for a week, just for a week. He said, "Just do it for a week. No more than that." Here's five hundred bucks. And he PayPal'd me right away. He paid the fees, everything. So I did it for a week. Well, Broder had enough after. Let the me tell you something. Day. Back then, Paul didn't pay PayPal fees. He worked for PayPal. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> but I mean, he. Paid, I mean, there was there was. I mean, there was no. I, there was no just, fee. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm just making they, a joke. It yeah, didn't I cost five, you anything. I got, yeah, yeah, I got 500 bucks. They, they didn't give me 490 dollars. They, I got the full 500 bucks. Right. And before I before I did it, and so by the seventh day, Broder had enough of it, and he contacted me and said, "Listen, I want to meet you at Dunkin' Donuts. It was the Dunkin' Donuts in Davie, where I guess they had met anyway. I didn't know this. They did their Comic Con things or, or meetings. So yeah, we'd rent and, we'd rent one of those rooms." Yeah, so the one that used to be a funeral, used to be a funeral, a drive-through funeral home, and then became a Dunkin' Donuts later on. It w- it was a drive-through funeral home at once. It didn't do very good business because that's a morbid thing. The one, the so, one, the one by, uh, is it the one by the the schools? Yeah, it okay. was a drive-through funeral home. It didn't last very long. They had like one funeral there, and they would want to have a drive-through funeral home where the bodies propped up in a window. So it didn't that, do very well. That sounds that sounds like a like a skit, yeah. skit in a movie. Yeah, it was weird. So um, Broder met me there, and he says, "Listen, um, here's five hundred bucks. Leave me alone online." I said, "Okay." <laughs> so he gave me he gave me a bank envelope with with five hundred dollars and twenty dollars bills in there to not harass him online. So I got paid five hundred dollars to stop harassing him when it was already up anyway. The week was over, right? right. So I so I made a thousand dollars in a week just to harass him and, and then to stop. Yeah, that wasn't the only guy that Paul paid me to harass. There were other people too. The uh... I'll, I'll, he sends me he sends me a check once a week still for Janetti. No, I'm kidding. I do that. I do that for free. That's pleasure. <laughs> it's this ties in uh, to Howard a little bit. Um, so, I guess when we were when I was working for Broder for the SuperCon and uh, and this is probably later because Mike had the office at this point, um, and we used to have parties in there because the office used to be a bar. And we kept the bar right. in there and, and whatever. Right. Um, it was kind of, it was, it was, it was, it was a blast, but I think this was like either a holiday. I think it was a holiday party. It wasn't like a post. Sometimes we did like post convention parties there, but right. I think this was like separated for a little bit of time. And, uh, and I think uh, Paul had been like pretty supportive 
and would come and help and and you know we, we, he was just supportive and uh i had invited him and okay. word, word gets back to me that howard's mad that he didn't get invited to this party <laughs> okay and at first I, of all yeah, i can see why howard would have been slighted by that yeah first of all let's uh, to set some records straight on this is like first of all it's kind of like a uh employee party a lot of the wrestlers are invited because they're part of the quote show and uh right. and then there's like some adjacent people some friends of supercon and paul was a friend of supercon howard wasn't so much like there was a lot of like yeah we'll, right. we'll promote your shows on social media you promote our convention etc cetera, etc cetera. and paul would do it and and howard at the time was like i think he still was like at least six months earlier wanted some distance didn't really want to associate himself with it right. or, or whatever i don't i don't even remember but i do know that he came and he got free yeah. tickets and whatever but he wasn't he wasn't doing what Paul was doing. He was just someone we knew in the yeah. wrestling business. He wasn't involved with us at all. Right, right. No, I know. We even would be like, hey, make flyers for your damn shows and hand them out to all to the thousands of people that come to watch the wrestling over the course of four days. And I think Howard was a little bit of bumble dick about that and didn't get them printed in time. And Paul was really upset about it. Oh, I can see that. Yeah, Howard so, was, was a little was a little lax on that stuff like and that. And so Howard was a, upset he wasn't invited, and I'm like, I'm like Paul, if he wants to come, he can. You could bring him. I don't care. And then Paul gets back to me and goes, "He won't come unless you invite him." <laughs> I love I I love the comic I love the comic convention stuff, and I really loved them. And I wanted to do more with them, but I knew I I mean I I don't know why I wasn't. Asked to do more included. I, I like Broder had it in for me. Like somebody told him something about me. Like don't use that guy or something. I'm sure. I think it was Lou, but probably was you. Well, we'll we'll p put a pin on that. Uh, uh, I might have some theories, but uh, so <laughs> so I, I'm like Jesus Christ. Now Howard has me jumping through hoops to invite him to something that he really shouldn't be invited to. But right. I'm like I don't care. He's you know he could be someone's plus one. But now I have to invite. So I I I. I I was the bigger man and invited him to come to the party and then everyone had fun and whatever. But to, to, yeah. to speak on the, on the Broder stuff, I, was there a time where there's some kind of miscommunication about you telling him about like, uh, like copyrights coming up or trademarks or something or like, uh, I, you know, I think, web addresses I think asked, or something I like think that. He asked me, I think he asked me to do it. I think he asked me how to do it one time and I, advised him how to do it and said, you, you know, just do it yourself. You don't have to go through an attorney. They're going to charge you a lot of money to do it. I didn't do anything for him. He never, I never followed anything I thought, for him. I thought maybe you had done something that he interpreted as like, 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 uh, you were like, Oh, your thing's coming up or, or I copyrighted or you copyrighted something. I don't, I don't remember what it was, but I, th I thought like after that, Oh, not of his, I may have told him that, the, that I think I, there was a copyright coming up that he should trademark. I think I advised him to trademark his name and stuff. I think he, Either either we're all misremembering this, but you have a good memory, or he uh, he m misinterpreted it as like you were threatening to do something or you were going to hold him up for something that maybe he had let lapse or something. And I think that was when he was like he started to get a little power trippy with and and if again if he was right, it, 
it would have made sense. Yeah, no, but I think I wasn't was trying just... to hold. I wasn't trying to hold. I wasn't trying to hold him up for anything. I think I was just advising the copywriter. Renew something that was coming up. I I want to know part of. I well, wasn't I think, from him. I think it took it the wrong way then, and uh, yeah, yeah. and then he laid a mandate like anyone that 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 wants to work the shows can't have anything to do with you. It was it was something crazy and absolute kind of to you know dictatorshipy yeah. of him. Uh, you know when everyone is business works with everyone and and everyone's and and everyone's a snake and everyone shouldn't be working with everyone, but. You know, I mean, Lou Spector's still around till this day. Let's so that, yeah. That, well, that, Lou, well, Lou invented Lou invented cosplay wrestling, of course. Right. So, but but I think that was I think that was the uh, the genesis yeah, no. of that. And then uh, yeah, no. And then and then also, uh, there was an issue where we, you know, you had moved to Orlando, I think, and you were like either you were living with Max Cap or you guys were like neighbors or whatever it was. Yeah. And and I know that, you know. Broder wasn't in the habit of like wanting to use people that weren't like within the immediate oh. vicinity because it costs yeah. more money. And we were like, oh, then who talk- knows? It we were then talking about bringing you in, but then I think Max got folded in and I'm like, and, and then Max was being an absolute cocksucker. And I'm yeah, like, well, I, I want nothing to do with this, this whole yeah. bundle of nonsense. I think, yeah, I was- think at one point you were in Orlando and we were, I was talking with Broder about, we'll just, we'll bring him in or whatever. But then Max like sank the whole ship on that. Cause it was like, yeah, you know, I believe just, that too. Just he's, being he's a, total, a total piece of shit and well, being online talking shit. And he I was like, he used to go behind people's backs and act like he represented them, even though he didn't. So he's done that a lot for people, right. but, but he I, can't do it anymore. No, no, he can't he, hurt. He, he can't hurt us anymore. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> So listen, I gotta take off. Yeah, yeah, I was um, gonna, gonna I was gonna wrap it up. I I said, listen, like like uh, what was that movie? Uh, so I so I married an axe murderer. Go yes. on, you've stayed your hour, you know. So uh, <laughs> I appreciate very right. much you uh, yes. doing the show, and uh, sure. we will we will do it again sometime. Yep, have a great time. All right, thank you, brother. All right, bye, bye. bye.